Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Coincierge Club, a mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Coincierge Club makes purchasing easy, safe, and overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to make crypto mainstream. All right, let's take a look at what's going on with the market today. Uh, over the weekend, so we haven't done an episode in about three or four days. About a little bit of a cold over the weekend. Looking at the market cap, not a whole lot has happened. We saw a little bit of up, a little bit of down. Current market cap, total global market cap is at $211 billion. Uh, Bitcoin dominance sitting at 52.23%. Compare your notes. It's not much different than what we saw not too long ago. The biggest loser over the weekend has been Bitcoin Cash, seeing those gains from the previous run up wiped out, even though the hard fark for Bitcoin Cash is only a few days away. I think what's scaring a lot of people off is the controversy about which way it will go. So that is all pretty much is happening in the market. Uh, let's take a look at some news and see what's going on. So I'm going to share a few articles, some information from a few articles that I covered over the weekend and posted. And really one of them I want to talk about when we look at the market is about, you know, Bitcoin and, and as a store of value and as a, as a transactional currency, many people say Bitcoin doesn't meet the test because it's so slow. Now, I want to dispute that a little bit because you want to look at transactions per second is not always the most important when it comes to a payment system. Sure, when you're looking at micropayments, right? If I'm, if I'm buying small items every day as a micropayment, it may not solve the case, but you know what? There's a lot of other altcoins that do solve that case, but that's not always most important, and here's why. Sometimes it's the cost of the transaction. So on a Bitcoin network, whether it's a transaction for 100 or a million dollars, it costs the same miner's fee to process the payment. Um, so just recently, a couple weeks ago, well, actually getting close to a month ago, October last year, a $194 million payment was moved on the Bitcoin network with a mere 10 cent fee. And it was nearly instantaneous. So throughout the old banking models, it would take weeks of paperwork, days to settle, a lot of compliance workload just to clear a payment that size. And while credit card network operators mostly focus on processing small payments, the users of Bitcoin are typically relying on the network for larger payments. The average Bitcoin transaction is $100 or more, right? As opposed to your microtransactions, which are a few dollars, three or $5 a piece. So give you an example. So not too long ago, so Chinese billionaire Liu Yiquin, not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but that doesn't really matter. He purchased a painting worth $170 million with this an American Express credit card. You know, due to the rarity of the transaction, $107 million credit card purchase was reported. All the mainstream media outlets were given in height, national television networks. It's not normal for an average credit card user to purchase anything more than ten dollars to $100,000. Mostly, all transactions are less than $10,000. So, just take this into account. So, American Express is very similar to Visa, MasterCard, a lot of these other ones. So, let's just say, hypothetically, a conservative fee of 2.5% would have been uh, charged on that transaction, right? The seller would have paid $4.3 million to American Express just to process that transaction. A Bitcoin, where we just talked about a Bitcoin transaction for $24 million more than that was only 10 cents. So what do you think is the better technology? That's something we really want to take a look at. Uh, that is where one reason where cryptocurrency can solve those problems, right? Another thing, you know, looking in the news today that I saw over the weekend is there is a growing number of Bitcoin ATMs making their mark on the world. It's expected to surpass 4,000 very soon. And now granted, that is just 
that is just peanuts compared to the number of regular ATMs. Think about how many ATMs, regular ATMs, you currently have in your town. Now, I don't live in a very big town, but I can tell you there's, you know, there's hundreds of them everywhere, right? So where can Bitcoin ATMs come in? As we see more mass adoption, as more people are exposed to what this is and start to see the value in cryptocurrency and blockchain and how it can reestablish that trust, then you will see a really, a really big rise in, in these transactions. Two years ago, I went to make a Bitcoin ATM transaction. It was actually my first ATM. My first Bitcoin purchase was made through a Bitcoin ATM. So took a ride out. New Orleans is about 45 minutes from where I live. Did some, you know, did some research, downloaded an app called Coin ATM Radar, drove to New Orleans, and there was only one in the area, right? Only one. And it wasn't in a good part of town. It was in a little gas station. It was kind of sketchy. Uh, but that was the only option at the time. Now, when I pull it up, there's at least 15 to 20 in the New Orleans area, which is a decent amount. There's still, I mean, when you think about it, compared to normal number of ATMs, it's still a huge upside, up potential. And then when I look up in other surrounding areas, big cities, at least around me, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Louisiana, they all typically only have a couple. And when you look up, even big markets like your Houston's, your Atlanta's, yeah, there's there's a good good amount of them, but compared to convenience, there's still a lot of room for expansion. So uh, the machines make it easier to buy Bitcoin and altcoins with fiat currency. Um, you know, currently six Bitcoin ATMs come online every single day. Sounds like a lot, but globally, that that's that's not a lot. And here's something to think about. So about forty percent of Bitcoin ATMs right now allow users to buy and sell cryptocurrency. Now, most of those only support Bitcoin and a handful support a few others. About 60% of Bitcoin ATMs right now currently support more than one cryptocurrency, more than Bitcoin. They support at least one or more altcoins. That's not saying a lot. So if you look at the videos I did a few weeks ago, um, when, you know, when I was traveling it through you know, Los Angeles and Las Vegas, I uh, did a couple of videos on a Vault Logic ATM that's going to be coming out now. Uh, speaking with one of the guys that's one of the uh, main distributors behind it, uh, there's a huge upside for this, and it's it's very interesting to see Vault Logic offers right now currently ten different cryptocurrencies with with you know expanding for more uh, in the near future. Going to be able to offer a lot of different cryptocurrencies on their machine. It allows you to buy and sell, so everyone they put out will will help increase the number of ones that allow you to buy and sell. And if you look back uh, several weeks ago, I did a video on how to sell uh, Bitcoin at a Bitcoin ATM. I instantly, you know, scanned the QR code from my phone, sent the money over. And next thing you know, instantly $20 popped out the machine just to show you how easy it was. And then also these machines are also going to allow you the ability to do some normal uses. So it, it also functions as a regular ATM. If you just want to get cash from your bank, it also allows you to pay bills so you can walk up with a cable bill phone bill, electric bill. It's going to have functionality to where you can pay bills on the app. You can buy gift cards, you can shop on overstock.com, and you can buy prepaid calling cards and international calling cards all from the same machine. So people looking for those services are going to be drawn to it. They're going to see that it has the ability to utilize crypto as well. And you're going to see people start to dabble a little bit more in cryptocurrency. Um, so a lot of good info to come. I will be sharing a video later today with a little bit more info about the Vault Logic machine, uh, where they're going to be coming. They're hitting a lot of areas in, in, the, in the West Coast right now, but working on plans to get them distributed everywhere. 
that's going to really help speed things up when it comes to cryptocurrency adoption, which if you haven't learned cryptocurrency education, anything that lo that leads to more mainstream adoption is something that excites me when it comes to this space. All right. So next up, I also shared an article. So Binance over last week released a platform called Binance Research. Now, what I like about Binance Research is it's another tool. Just call it a tool. So I've shared with you Coin Checkup, Coin Market Cap, uh, different places where you can go to do research on cryptocurrency and coins. And Binance is looking to join the mix. They uh, they have shows current coin value, similar and circulation info, which is similar to Coin Checkup and Coin Market Cap. They also list research research articles on new projects. So there's currently two. They're working on a third one that they say is coming soon that are going to continue to add to this where they do a deep dive and post a research article into the cryptocurrency project behind it. Uh, just to give you some more info there, there's also a ratings tab at the top. It ranks current crypto on their exchange using outside data. They use a third party coin research company, but so far it looks pretty good. Every coin you can see in there, they give a rating, right? The first one listed when you pull it up, they give Tron a rating. And I think their their description and their rating is dead on with with the current state of Tron and where it's at. Um, part hype, part speculation, but but gaining legitimacy. And then there's some other ones as well. You know, at least the top ten I looked at, they gave ratings to seem legit. It's like a five star rating system where you can get anywhere from zero to five stars based on how they rate your project and overall. You know, just all the metrics they look at, and you can click and get some details into what was put into that rating. And that's where I realized that it was a third-party coin research company that's allowing, that's giving them, feeding their data. Uh, but so far, so good. You know, so far it looks good. Um, so just taking a look at it. So I recommend you take a look at it as well. You can go to Binance.com and you can see a link there from to the research site. Now, here's where I would warn you. Not saying that has happened yet, but if you Google Binance Research, Make sure you go to the right site, which is why I typically will go to Binance.com, which I know is their main site, and then find the link from there. Because sometimes Google can be misleading. It can give you a fake link, a link that is phishing just to try to steal your information that may look similar to the actual link, but it takes you somewhere else where they can steal your login information or other data. So just be very careful when you're looking up any of these sites mentioned. It's best to go to the main source and then go from there. Same thing as I mentioned in the past. When you hear, when you see an app in the app store or play store that is supposedly linked to an exchange, I would go to that exchange's main website from a desktop computer, from a normal browser, and see if they have a link in there directing you how to download their app. If they don't, it could be a fake app that's made to look like it's for that exchange, which we saw happen last year with the exchange Poloniex, where it was not authorized by Poloniex, and some people's login information was stolen from downloading a fake app. All right, so let's move along now. Crypto education, now granted, the articles I, I shared so far are all geared towards crypto education, but I wanna take a, a dive real quick into a topic of, uh, in our educational corner uh, that can help you begin your journey or, or speed things along in your journey. So uh, some, some people feel that may be daunting. You know, how do I buy a cryptocurrency? You know, one Bitcoin is right now $6,400. Well, you know, most people don't have $6,400. Now, you know, you can buy, you know, pieces of things. The thing about cryptocurrency is they are divisible and most of the time divisible more than say a dollar or whatever fiat currency you're using. So I can buy 50 cents, $5, $10, $20 worth of Bitcoin at a time and, and just accrue over time. You don't have to buy one full Bitcoin at a time. Like you think when you buy an item, you have to buy the whole item. It is divisible. It's just why it, it passes a test of a currency, right? 
So dollar cost average is something that, that I've mentioned in the past, but I want to dig a little bit deeper in. So, um, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, a friend of mine that over the last, I'd say it's almost year, year and a half now is every Friday he's been buying, and I don't remember the exact amount, but it's somewhere between 30 to $50 worth of cryptocurrency every Friday. Right. You know, he was, you know, he was in a situation where it wasn't putting big money in it once, but it was putting a little bit in at a time. And that over time has accrued to a great amount, as you can imagine from what's happened last year as well. Now, granted, everything this year has been downhill, but every time you make a purchase, even, even in the dips, even when things are down, even in a bear market, you're lowering your dollar cost average. So when, when the bull market does return, you'll be in profit much sooner. So in that scenario, it doesn't matter what the price is. You just continue to buy. If the price is going down, you're averaging your buy-in. And then if it's going up, same as well. So you're in profit a lot sooner no matter which way, you know, the market is moving. So one app that I started using, using recently is Bundle. So Bundle is an app that allows you to tie your bank account to. And anytime you, you make a transaction on that bank account, whether it's you pay a bill or you swipe the card tied to that bank account, anytime there's a transaction, you have three options. The most popular one is that you can just have it round up to the next dollar. So say your purchase is $15 and 25 cents, it'll round up and 75 cents will go towards a crypto purchase. And those accumulate and every time it hits a certain benchmark, it'll, it'll make the purchase of that cryptocurrency. Now bundle does have a fee. It's not a free app, but it's something I decided to give it a shot. Uh, it's either $3 a month or $25 a year. I went ahead and paid the $25. I was going to try it out for a year and it's spelled, like I said, it's spelled B U N D I L bundle. And the reason I feel some, some security and trust around this app is because it was on Shark Tank a few weeks ago and Kevin O'Leary, who's on Shark Tank, bought 50% of the company. So he owns 50% of this company. Um, so you want to make sure you have some kind of trust when you're looking at, that gave some legitimacy to it. Now the guy to develop the app seems to be a very good guy. I already had quite a few people that were using the app, but that gave us some legitimacy. And I've been testing it out for a few weeks. Now you will need a Coinbase account for this because uh, it, it allows you to link your bank account and link your Coinbase and the bundle app interacts between the two and allows you to make purchases in a matter of say two and a half weeks. I've set aside $80 in cryptocurrency. Now I did mention there's three different options. I only told you about one so far. So you, your three options are you can have them round up to the next dollar. You can also have choose to add 50 cents to every transaction that's going to go to crypto purchases or you can add a dollar and I decided to try the dollar. Let's just see how that works out. And you know, it so far it's so good. Now, now it, do I recommend Coinbase or bundle for buying large quantities of crypto? No, absolutely not. But this is not what you're doing here. This is for your everyday person that wants to get some dollars in the game and be able to grow that over time. And this is a perfect option. Now the next episode, next topic I'm going to talk about in the crypto education, I'm going to go in the wallet, wallet security. And I'm going to tell you why I mean, Coinbase is not the best place to hold large quantities. But I'm also going to give you some options, some alternatives. I think there's a, a time and a place for all different ones. It all depends on the amount you're holding in it and your level of trust with the company that is holding it, the more centralized the company is. Um, but that's going to be covered more in the future. But, you know, whether it's bundle, whether you download that app and decide to pay, or you just make it a point. Say, hey, every few days I'm going to make a purchase or every week or every two weeks I'm going to make a purchase. I'm going to put a certain amount into it, right? You're, you're hedging your bets against the dollar what you would normally possibly put into say maybe small savings account. Why not put it in the crypto and see, because, you know, as, as I mentioned in past episodes about uh, what's going on with the dollar, what's going on with fiat currency, 
they typically, all fiat currencies eventually go back to their intrinsic value, which what is their value? They're not backed by anything. Their intrinsic value is zero. Now, how long that happens or how long it takes to happen is yet to be seen. But I'm sure we can all agree over the last, however long you've been alive, you've seen the purchasing power of the dollar diminish. That's not because the cost of goods are going up. It's because the value, the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar is going down as we experience inflation. So uh, that is it for our episode today. Make sure to tune in for the next episode where we dig deeper in the wallet security. And that is it. I want to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.